Hello, I'm Hilary Walker, Associate Pastor of Oxford Bible Church. Today I want to share with you how we can receive our healing from God. You know, I used to think that healing uh, from God was actually rather like a lottery, like, does God feel like it today? Have I been good enough? Um, is there, there must be something in my life that God uh, just doesn't, you know, the time isn't right now. But as I studied the scriptures, I began to realize that healing is in the atonement. But um, also as I studied the Bible, I saw that there was a connection between sin and sickness. And so if God deals with sin and um, the, the cure for sin, in one way, he's going to deal with sickness in the same way. And so um, in Romans chapter 5, verse 12, the Bible tells us that death um, came into this world through sin. And sickness is incipient death. And so sickness came into this world through sin. Therefore, as I said before, God um, is bound to deal with sickness in the same way as he deals with sin. And that's through the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Um, none of us have a problem in believing that Jesus took our sins on the cross, that he paid for our sins, that we are forgiven through the shed blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. But so many of us, like I did, found it difficult to believe that my sickness was included in that great and mighty sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ. And um, to see further how sin and sickness are, are connected, just to prove this point, that if God um, forgives us our sins through the price paid on the cross, therefore he heals our sicknesses, we see this connection between sin and sickness in Psalm 103, verse 3. It says, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget none, forget not one of all his benefits, who pardons all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. Not some of them, not maybe, but he heals all your diseases. But that's not all. In Isaiah chapter 53, um, Isaiah declares that the coming Messiah would take not only our sins, but also our sicknesses. Let's have a look at um, Isaiah chapter 53, verse 4. Surely our griefs himself bore. We think, well, our griefs are unhappinesses. But do you know that the Hebrew word that they have translated griefs is actually koli, holy, which, which really means, let me just read you from Young's analytical concordance. It says that this word, koli, means physical sickness, weakness, torments, and pain. So Isaiah says, surely our sicknesses he himself bore. And that word bore, the Hebrew is, sab I'm not pronouncing it properly, I'm sure, sabal, which means to remove to a great distance, to carry away. And so we see also in the second part of that verse, and our sorrows he carried away, our unhappinesses. Well, that word in Hebrew is makov. And in every part of the scriptures um, in Hebrew, that word makov has been translated as physical pain. Also with koli, everywhere else 
in the Bible, in, in the Old Testament, that word koli has been translated as physical sickness. And so I believe that the literal translation would read like this. This is um, putting all, all this information together. So you could sort of call it a Hillary version, but I really believe that it's accurate. Surely our physical sickness, weakness, torments, and pain, that's based on, on the actual Hebrew word, he himself carried away to a great distance. And our physical pain, makob, he carried away, sabal. And Galatians 3.13 bears this out. It says that we have been redeemed from the curse because Jesus was made a curse for us. Cursed is he who hangs on a tree. So that healing is dispensed to us. So that the blessing of Abraham, so that the blessing of healing is released to us. And so that is not all. Isn't that a fantastic? There's a second witness. We read the Holy Spirit's interpretation of Isaiah chapter 53. And um, in Matthew chapter 8, verse 16 and 17, here we see, when evening had come, they brought to Jesus many who were demon-possessed, and he cast out the spirits with a word, and he healed all who were physically ill. Not some of them. He didn't pick out some who were more worthy than others. He healed all who were physically ill in order that which was spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled, saying, he himself took our infirmities and carried away our diseases. And that word, he, he, he took our, it doesn't say he took there, the people at that time, but not thereafter. He took our infirmities and carried away our diseases. That's the Holy Spirit's interpretation of, um, of Isaiah chapter 53. But that's not all. God gives us a third witness in Scripture. Let's take a look at what Peter says, looking back to the cross. In 1 Peter 2, 24... Uh, Peter paraphrases Isaiah chapter 53. And in verse 24, he says, And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross, so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. Because by his wound, literally his wound, you were healed. Now the literal is, by his wound, healing to you. The the, the the Greek says, healing to you. And that's lovely. Healing is dispensed. Healing is released to you. By his wound, healing is released, released to you. And you might say, oh, which wound? He was so beaten because the Roman whip had um, metal and bone in it so that when it struck our Lord's back, it pulled flesh out. It ripped his muscles apart. He was one big wound from the top of his head to the soles of his feet. By his wound, we are healed. As Jesus bore our sins, he also bore our sicknesses. But that's not more. Oh, there's so much more. In the Old Testament, God has given us um, what they're called types and shadows of redemption. They're like pictures and signposts to what the Messiah, what Jesus 
would do for us, for our salvation. And so um, later on in the series, um, I'm going to cover all these types and shadows. Today I will just um, give a little summary about the Passover lamb, but the Passover lamb is one of the types and shadows. But also there's um, the bitter water at Mara, which is in Exodus, and then the year of Jubilee in Leviticus, and then um, Numbers, we have the brass serpent on the pole, and also we have the two birds and one sacrifice. One is sacrificed, the other is set free. In that illustration, it re it's definitely a picture of healing because Jesus told the leper who was cured to go and make the, um, the sacrifice that was required. And the sacrifice that was required for a healed um, man suffering from leprosy was actually the two birds. And so we see in these types and shadows um, what Jesus is going to do for us on the cross. And if healing is part of the redemption, then you will see it in the types of, of, um, the types of redemption, which I'm going to show you, we're, we're going to go through with the um, Passover lamb. And we will go through the other types. And what I say is, if you see it in the types, in the pictures of redemption, if it's in the picture of redemption, then it has to be in redemption itself, does it not? If there's healing in the type, but there's not healing in redemption, then the type isn't a true picture, it's a lie. Therefore, um, if we can find healing in the types in the Old Testament, then we know that healing is included in redemption, that the picture is a true picture of redemption. And if healing is in the atonement, then it is for all, just as forgiveness is for all. We know that forgiveness is for all. Therefore, sickness is for all as well. God has dealt with these twins, as it were, sin and sickness. He deals with them in exactly the same way as we've seen from the scripture. So just as we have confidence to receive our forgiveness from God through the cross, we can have the same confidence to receive our healing from God um, through the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. And so, let's touch on the, the Passover lamb. As you know, um, the Israelites have been held in captivity as slaves. And this is the day when God is going to deliver them. And he tells them to take the Passover lamb. This is in Exodus chapter 12. And um, I'll just read that to you. Verse 3, speak to all the congregation of Israel saying, on the 10th of this month, they are each one to take a lamb for themselves, a lamb for each household. Verse 5, your lamb shall be an unblemished male, a year old. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. And you shall keep it until the 14th day of the same month. Then the whole assembly of the congregation of Israel is to kill it at twilight. Verse 7, Moreover, they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses in which they eat. And they shall eat the flesh that same night, roasted with fire. They shall eat it with unleavened bread and her bitter herbs. Verse 11, Now you shall eat it in this manner, with your loins girded, your sandals on your feet, 
your staff in your hand, you shall eat it in haste. It is the Lord's Passover. They'd be doing this in faith because there, it looks like there's no way that they're ever going to get out of Egypt. But God says, you do this. You obey my commands. Verse 12, because I will go through the land of Egypt on that night and I will strike down the firstborn of, in all the land of Egypt, both man and beast, and against all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgments. I am the Lord. Verse 13, and the blood shall be a sign to you, for you, on the houses where you live. And when I see the blood, I will pass over. That word literally means I will hover over. Mighty protection of God. I will hover over you and no plague will befall you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. Verse 22, none of you shall go outside the door of his house until morning. Verse 23, for the Lord will pass through to smite the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and on the two doorposts, the Lord will pass over the door. He will hover over the door and he will not allow the destroyer to enter, to come into your house to smite you. And then we read in verse 30, there was a great cry in Egypt, for there was no home where there was not someone dead, but not one Israelite who stayed within the house, covered with the blood of the sacrificed lamb, was touched by this judgment of God. They were absolutely saved. Now we come, they had to, so that's what happened to the blood. Now, the flesh of the lamb, they had to eat it roasted. And as they ate it, they were healed. And you say, Pastor Hillary, how do you know that they were healed? You're jumping to conclusions. Let's look at Psalm 105, verse 37. Then he, God, brought them out with gold and silver. And among his tribes, there was not one who stumbled. Let's think this through. These people had been slaves. There are over a million of them coming out. They've been slaves all their lives. They had been used. They had been abused. They had been whipped. They had been poorly fed. They had been treated abominably. They must have been feeble and weak um, and sick. There must have been sick amongst them. I mean, when you have a crowd of people uh, in England, where we have all this wonderful National Health Service and we have a healthy diet, there are many sick people. It was no different with the Israelites. So there were many sick. And yet God says, Psalm 105, verse 37, this is a commentary, that none of them, there was not one weak or feeble one amongst them. And that this must have been the greatest healing service ever to have taken place. As they ate the flesh of the lamb, they were healed, they were strengthened. You know, they had to go a seven days march. They had to be well and strong. And this was God's healing in the sacrifice of the lamb. You know, since God provided healing for Israel through the types, how much more has he provided healing for us through the true atonement, through the actual atonement of our Lord Jesus Christ? Healing is for you. It has been provided 
in the atonement. If we have confidence that God forgives us when we come to him, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That we have been redeemed from the curse because Jesus was made a curse for us. Cursed is he who hangs on a tree so that the blessing of Abraham might be released to us. And Peter, looking back at the cross, says that by his wound, healing released to us. And I want you to get ready to receive your healing now. Let's use our God-given imaginations. Just see Jesus on that cross, his blood pouring out for you and for me. It says, surely he has borne our sicknesses and carried away our pains. Healing is released to you. Wherever you are, as you close your eyes and you see Jesus on the cross, and he took not only your sins, but also your sicknesses, just see healing flowing to you in a great flood, like a great and mighty river flowing into the room where you are, where you are sitting. And that healing is flowing into your body from the top of your head and it's oozing down the whole of your body, that wonderful healing power of Almighty God through the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. And as it goes through your body, it's driving all the sickness and all the pain out. Because healing is flowing to you from the top of your head right through to the soles of your feet. Now you start thanking God. Father God, we thank you that healing is in the atonement. Thank you for the great sacrifice of your precious Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father, for that terrible whipping post where Jesus paid the price, where his back was torn for us, where he was nailed to the cross and he bled, his blood dripping to the ground, where he paid the price to give us forgiveness and healing from all our sins, all our sicknesses, all our diseases. Whenever people came to Jesus, he healed them all. He made them totally whole. We thank you, Father, right now. And right now, by faith, you say, I receive my healing by faith in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. By faith, I receive healing from God into my body right now. I believe I receive healing. And you say it in out loud, I believe I receive healing for my. Whether it, whatever it is, whether it be diabetes, whether it be arthritis, whether it be cancer, whether it be lumps, whether it be anywhere in your body, heart disease, kidney disease, liver disease, the healing power of God is able, is mighty, 
and is in your body right now by faith healing every part of you from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. And we say together, by faith in the sacrifice of our Lord Jesus Christ, in his blood and your holy word, Heavenly Father, I accept healing from the top of my head to the soles of my feet. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. Hilary has been sharing with you how healing is God's will for, for you. Why do we know that? Because it's in the atonement. And Jesus died for all of us. He died for all our sins. He died for our, all our sicknesses. He loves all of us and he wants to heal us. And because we know that Jesus paid the price in full on the cross, we know that we can come to him in confident faith and believe we receive healing power for us when we pray. According to Mark 11:24, it says that whatsoever things we desire, when we pray, believe that we receive them and we shall have them. And I want to share with you now, what do we do uh, now that you, we have prayed, we've received uh, healing power from God, what do we do now uh, until we see the answer? You see, Jesus said, you believe you receive it when you pray. And so you believe you receive it in your heart when you pray. And he says, then you will have it. In other words, there's a process now in which that healing power that you've received um, comes into manifestation in your body. You will have it, he said, if you've believed you've received it. You've got it. You've got it in your heart. But now it needs to be released into your body. The power of God is there. When you pray to God normally for healing, what you receive, you might sometimes receive the gift of healing, an instantaneous healing, but more often you receive healing power. And that healing power now goes to work to drive out sickness and to make you whole. So it's just like a kettle in a sense, when it's all boiling water. When you plug that in and that healing power flows, then it's bringing about that manifestation. The water doesn't boil all at once, but while that power is flowing, it's producing the results. In the same way, you've received healing power when you prayed with Hillary, but now that power is working to bring about your healing and the cure, your recovery, praise God. And I want to encourage you what to do in this time. First of all, if you don't get an instantaneous miracle that everything's perfect immediately, don't kind of quit your faith. Don't think, oh, it didn't work, because then you shut the power down. You turn the switch of faith off, and of course the power stops flowing. The gift of healing is in you, the gift of God is in you, but it, the, it's not flowing. What we need to do now is, first of all, give thanks. Say, thank you, Lord. I've believed I've received my healing. I thank you that healing power is in me. I thank you, Lord, that your healing power is now working in my body to bring about a healing, driving out sickness. Give thanks to God, and as you thank him, that healing power is activated. You can also speak to that sickness, speak to that pain. Say, be removed. Be removed out of my, my body now. In the name of Jesus. Jesus said that once you've believed you've received, he says you can speak to the mountain and command it to be removed. And it will obey you as long as you, what you believe, that you believe that what you say will come to pass. 
In other words, because now you believe you have healing in your heart, you can speak that healing power into your body. You can say, healing, flow like a river into my body. Make me strong. And I command all sickness and weakness to leave my body right now. Use your mouth. You see, you believe you receive into your heart. It says, man believes with the heart unto righteousness, but confession is made unto salvation, unto manifestation. Just like God had the universe in his heart, but he had to speak it into manifestation. So you you've got healing power in you. You now have to use your tongue and release that power into your body through your faith. Keep the switch of faith turned on. Let me read what Paul said to Timothy. He said, for this reason I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you. 2 Timothy uh, 1.6. Fan into flame. The gift of God is in you. If you received healing power, it's in you. But you mustn't let it go dormant. You have to fan it into flame. You see, by speaking the word, by thanking God for it, by confessing that God's healing power is working in you, you fan it into flame. And then later in 2 Timothy chapter 1, in verse 14, he says, Guard the good deposit that was entrusted to you. Guard it with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives within us. In other words, there's a deposit of healing power in you. You've got to guard it. You've got to make sure it doesn't go dormant. You keep it active. You speak your faith and release that healing power of God and, and it will do its work. The healing power of God is designed to drive out all sickness and to make you whole. That healing power is in you. If you prayed, you believed you received it from God because by his stripes, you were healed. Literally, by his stripes, healing is to us. Healing is made freely available to us through the cross, through the Holy Spirit. You can come to God, believe you receive it. Once you've received it, it's only polite to start thanking God that he's given it to you. You have it. And now you declare it, that healing power is working in you. Whenever, and you also must protect your faith, your heart. Don't let doubts come back into your heart. You need, how do you do that? By declaring your belief that by his stripes you were healed. Healing power is working in you, making you stronger. Sickness is being removed from you in the name of Jesus.